The big question is this, how are young entrepreneurs like us able to create scalable e-commerce businesses that generate millions of dollars time and time again? That's the question, and this podcast is full of answers. Our names are Grub, Jeremiah, and Ephraim, and we want to welcome you to our 101 Stores Club. Welcome to our second episode of the 101 Stores podcast. Uh, my name is Grub. I got Jer and Ephraim here with me again. And the title of this episode is just getting started. And we wanted to touch on three things um, while you're thinking about getting started that we think will help you out. And those are the expectations, your mindset, and um, one important thing from each of us uh, about what you need to get started. So um, starting off with expectations, Jer and Ephraim, um, you know, when, when you get asked, hey, I want to do what you do, what is kind of the first thing you would tell somebody, uh, you know, as far as like what to expect? That's a good question. What do, what do you think, Ephraim? I'm still thinking on that one. Um, I would say, I honestly think that it's, it's going to be harder than you probably think. And it's probably going to be harder than your job. A lot of people want to quit their jobs, you know, and start doing it, start doing online because they think it would be less time and more freedom. But owning your own business and doing your own thing is way more rewarding in my, as, as far as I think, but it's, it's not going to be easier and less time. It requires a lot of work. So going to the mind, go into it with the mindset that it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be very rewarding too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would say my point of view on this is if someone's asking me how to get started, I'd say, you know, just start with your ideas. You know, if you have a, a cool business idea, I keep one in my iPhone notes section. I have tons of different business ideas. I'm obviously not going to act on them all right away. But if something comes to mind, start with that and then explore it. You know, then we'll go over these other steps. You're going to want to like figure out who your potential audience would be and don't hesitate to just start. I think that's going to be our main message here to learn as you go. A lot of people get overwhelmed and want to know all the answers up front. Just baby steps. Just, you know, start one thing at a time and jump right into it. Yeah. So as far as time goes, I, I think that's something I get a lot as far as like, well, how much, how much time are you putting into these stores? And honestly, I tell them, you know, well, uh, you know, getting started usually is requires the bulk of the time honestly like there's a lot of things you need to get started i don't i don't have an hourly like time frame per day that i'm putting into you know what we're doing but it at like at the end of the month it's probably going to be more than a nine to five getting started and if, if you really want to to put a lot of effort and energy and make something great i do think it's it's gonna you're gonna work more than you would at a sure. nine to five yeah, the getting started process, it does take some time. But, you know, the point is just don't try and learn everything and master the whole craft without starting. I really am a firm believer in learning as you go. I think that's the best way for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you guys think about as far as effort goes getting started? Like, let's say, um, you know, our ideal person listening to this podcast is somebody that has a job right now that wants to wants to start exploring the e-commerce or entrepreneurship world like 
what do you what do you what advice do you have as far as like effort what are you gonna tell somebody hmm. what do you mean by effort like how much how much effort should they put in do they are, are they gonna have to work for four hours after they just got home from their day job like what what is required in your eyes to to get something going in that person there's a podcast that comes to mind that Ephraim's actually more familiar than I am with it called side hustle school I think it is what what does that guy share about that concept Ephraim like there's a lot of people that have full-time jobs that are able to pull this off that's a really good one and uh you know people listening if you want to check that one out it's it's really really good but um basically what he says is you know action he's all about action too. get started start doing whatever you're doing but don't quit your day job you know right away if you have a job work it as a side hustle and dedicate as much time as you can to it until you are able to build it to where it's actually bringing you in some money and it's consistent but um yeah that pretty much you know work your your normal job but also give as much energy and time as you can to to your idea and research talk to people do all the things that you can to get it going for sure yeah i i absolutely agree with that and i think it's the safe way you know as as entre- as entrepreneurs i think a lot of people think we take risks all the time but I mean, if you know what you're doing and, and you have a plan, it, it becomes a lot less risky. So, you know, have that income coming in. I'm pretty sure that's what Gary Vee preaches about too. He's like, don't just dive into something if you don't know if it's going to work, like test it out, put extra energy and effort at the end of the day or at midnight, you know, when people are sleeping or get up early, like make it work. Yeah. So I think I all three that. of us are in that same mindset of calculated risks you know, and I don't think any of us just jump into something like, you know, Elon Musk, for example, when he sold his, what was it, PayPal after that, where he was sleeping on a friend's apartment on his couch, you yeah. know, with millions of dollars that he just put right into the next thing. You know, that that's a little bold. And, you know, you can do that if that's your thing. But I'm more about the calculated risks. Yeah, for sure. So um, the learning curve, I think, is a big a big point to touch on um, as far as expectations goes. Um, we, I, I don't know how many apps and tools and different types of software I use on a daily basis, but I mean, it's over, it's between probably eight and 15 on any given day. So what do you guys have to say about just the learning curve of everything that goes on once you start going and figuring it out and, and learning? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of tools that I use, and it ends up being the eighty twenty thing where you end up using some tools that do that help you the most. But there is, um, yeah, that there's there's quite a bit of learning curve, especially when you're learning Facebook ads and how it all works. And you know, if you're completely new to it, you're, it's it's a little overwhelming. But all these things you got to take, you can't look at the mountain. You, know, you got to start little step by step and focus on that on reaching little goals instead of focusing on the ginormous end goal, which can become overwhelming. Yeah, I would say whatever it takes just to get your first initial sales. Like there's so many apps and for example, in Shopify and one of my stores that I really want to start using, but they're not relevant right now. Like, you know, you need the basics. You got to have your Shopify and we'll go into that or WooCommerce, whatever platform you choose. And then, of course, the Facebook integration, if you're going to really use Facebook ads as your strategy. But there's other tools, too, like Snapchat ads. And I wouldn't say jump into all of them at once, you know, and and we'll give you some guidance on there in future episodes of kind of what we start with. 
and then you expand out from there. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think it's I think it's really powerful once you become a master at one thing and focus a lot of your energy and time into those those things that are working right now. And then once you're comfortable with that and it's consistent, then I, I think it's a good idea to start exploring some more. For sure. All right. So those are kind of some of the main expectations we had that we thought um, were important for people getting kind of getting started on this journey. Um, next up, we want to talk about mindset. And I know for each and every one of us, this is probably the most important thing we've all come to find out over the past few years. So um, Ephraim, what is your, like, what is your mindset overall right now? Like give us your, your mindset. You're to this point, you've had a lot of success. What is your mindset um, my mindset is pretty much the, the one I've had always and is persistence and hard work trumps t talent. You know, if a lot of people think oh, I'm not good at this or I'm not, I don't understand the online stuff or whatever it is that you want to be good at it. The talent that you innately have is irrelevant. It, it depends 100% on how much energy and commitment you put into it. So there's a book called Mindset, The yeah. New Psychology of Success by Carol... Dweck, I think. And that, that book really helped me to understand that if you want to be successful, it completely depends on, on your mindset and, and what you believe you can do and not, not necessarily on your talent or your, or your skills, or whatever you can develop any skill as long as you, you work hard at it. Love that. Jer. Yeah, I totally agree with Ephraim on that. If I were to pick an additional mindset, um, you know, that goes along with it, I would say learning how to fail quickly and pivot. You know, I, I can tell you examples personally of how that's occurred with me and Ephraim can share, and I'm sure you can as well. Uh, and that's just part of the process. You're, you're going to fail at some things. And like we mentioned in the beginning, you know, hopefully that was a calculated risk and not all your life savings or quitting your day job when you shouldn't have at that stage. But don't be afraid of failures. Failures are stepping stones to success and they're necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I my my mindset, especially for getting started, is just kind of absorbing everything that you're you're diving into and learning as you go. Like I think a lot of people, especially in the, the early stages, they'll kind of get analysis paralysis, right? There's so much information going on that they just kind of freeze. So I think if you're actively, if you actively have the mindset of absorbing and just learning as you go, that's just going to help accelerate you to where you want to go, you know? So, I mean, I still have the mind, we all do. We like, we're all trying to learn something new every day. We all love reading books. Like we're never, I don't really like having the title of like a guru. Like I've had people like call me that, like, Oh, you're, you're like a guru for this stuff. But it's just like, I really, I really not because I don't, I don't, once I have that type of title, I feel like a lot of people stop learning. And, you know, I, I want to be the person that's learning with other people and not have the ego of like my way or the highway. You know, I love, I love seeing what other people are doing and having the mindset of just always continuously getting better through, through learning and through education. For sure. Um, what, what are some of your guys' favorite resources as far as, you know, finding out information or getting some help 
um, that are already available online? Like, who do you like? Where, where do you usually search for YouTube, Google? Yeah, I'm, I'm big into uh, YouTube. There's so much information there. I'll, you have to be kind of smart and sort through the good stuff, you know, make sure you don't not following into some random course that somebody's trying to sell you or some weird scam. But there is, there is a lot of amazing resources on YouTube and also like e-courses that you can find online and teachable and places like that. Yeah, and I, I like listening to books too on Audible. Like there's a lot of ones that have helped me out. One that comes to mind was uh, The User Method. Can't remember the author's name. He's actually local. But no, that as well as podcasts, Side Hustle School is a great example, even just for business ideas. But there's so many different outlets for resources. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been pretty big into podcasts. Um, I, I've actually started like real estate investing lately. And I've literally learned everything I know through this podcast and this company I work with because like the, the value and the information they were giving was so good. So I've been suggesting podcasts lately, which is, I mean, what we're doing now, but there's, there's tons yeah. of good podcasts out there. Um, all right. So if uh, the next thing we all want to talk about are, um, you know, let's say we were all put into a scenario where, you know, if we could only tell, you know, if we had 10 seconds to tell somebody what they needed to get started and kind of the first thing that pops into our head, what would you tell that person just within 10 seconds? And then you can kind of elaborate on, um, on that. So, Jer? Okay. So me, and this is kind of a quirky thing about me, is I honestly can't think about a business with like, I can think about it like the idea, but I can't do a lot of the initial legwork without a logo for some reason. I don't know why I'm a big uh, advocate of, like, I love branding. That, that's something I really enjoy doing. So when I have a brand or a logo set, it's like a light turns on in my head. And I just get more ideas. So I'd say get your logo out of the way if you can. You don't need to spend a lot of money on it. In fact, I had a funny nightmare like last week. I don't know how it popped into my head, but where I spent like $100,000 on a logo and I realized like what I did and it was just super scary. I think it was like from, you know, how Steve Jobs did that for the next logo when he launched that computer company. I think he spent like 600000 But the point is you don't need to spend a lot of money on it. You can even, there's even online resources that we'll, we'll link to some of them in the show notes where you can just put together some logo concepts. But yeah, I'd say logo would be my first step um, once you have the idea and then the name, obviously. And like, just to kind of to get into your mind a little bit more, once you see the logo, what are some of like the next things you're looking at? Like, are you getting inspiration from similar brands or similar, you know, companies in the same industry? Like, what does that process look like? Yeah, I forgot to mention though, before the logo, obviously you need a name. So um, I like, before I even pick a name, I, I like to check out if the domain's available, like the .com or at worst case scenario, the .net. So I use uh, either Google domains or there's this thing called Domainer where you can search for different word combinations. And for example, with Beloved Shirts, the, the funny story about that one is th the way that name came to be was honestly just me on GoDaddy finding words that were available before the word shirts. So I went through cool shirts, all these names until Beloved Shirts, oh, it's available, pulled the trigger on it and then I did the logo. So yeah, you got to get that name and then... Um, from yeah, your your question though was about competitors. I do like to look at competitors in the space that really 
gets a light going on in my head as well to see kind of other successes and what they did. But, you know, I, I always like to, to innovate a little bit and see what I can do to either make that type of product that they're selling better or different or, you know, just create your own unique um, stance in the industry. Nice. I like it. Um, Um, For me, it really, uh, it's kind of the same. Just uh, looking at, I like to look at competitors that are doing the same thing or something similar and just seeing if there's any room for improvement or what each of them is compete, what their competitive advantage of each competitor is. And then just try to make my, my own brand. But it always, it always gets me excited to see brands that are killing it in the space that I want to go into. And the market is always big enough for somebody else to come in. You know, there's plenty of, of room. So if somebody's killing it there, you can always compete with them at the same level or just innovate a little bit and you, you can make a killing too. Yeah. And when you're, when you're looking for, um, or you're looking at these other competitors or brands, like what things in particular do you look at? Are, are you looking at their Instagram? Are you looking at their like engagement, the type of customers they have? I go a like, lot by Instagram. Um, usually if, if they're doing it, not all businesses, but usually product businesses, if they're doing, if they're doing well, they, they do well on Instagram because it's very visual and you can gauge on their engagement and how big their brand is on Instagram and social media and see how well they're doing. And it's usually a pretty good way to, to, to tell. And then from there, you can also find a bunch of other related nice. brands. Instagram allows you to do that, you know, with the suggested um, pages and things like that. Cool. Are there any, um, like, red flags? Like, say you see a super cool company and they have an awesome product, but, like, it, you know, it's something you could do, but you end up not? Is, um, is there if a it's, reason for if that? If it's extremely saturated – like everybody, you know, like if you're going to be doing, you know, something in the, in the sports, like selling some, some, a product that's just very saturated. I usually shy away from that unless there's a way to innovate it. Um, but, or, or unless the product is very hard to, to make, to replicate, you know, like it's going to take thousands and thousands of dollars to, to create it. I usually shy away, away from that too. Yeah. Also yeah. product size too. Uh, for example, I started a furniture company back in one of my early startups and we had a whole container <clears throat> of uh, these modern lounge chairs and things like that. And even coffee tables. And we were selling them on eBay at the time. And we noticed very quickly that shipping was a huge pain point. Like we were breaking these glass tables in transit. It was just a nightmare. And we ended up liquidating it all locally in the end. So yeah, look into the logistics too of fulfillment. That's a big issue for me. It also takes up a ton of space too. Like if you're trying to store it on Amazon FBA or you'll need a warehouse for it. That's a good one because it sneaks up on you. You don't realize how much it costs to ship stuff and storage. You know, you don't think about those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's what people kind of, as they go along, they start having this, they're going to start learning those things and be like, ah, maybe it's not a good product for me or, you know, I don't, I don't have the money for it. So yeah, I love that. That's a good, really, really good point. Uh, I think my my piece of advice would just be, you know, figuring out and knowing the audience you want to sell to. Um, I think I, I think that's my, you know, piece of advice there. Just because I've I've had the opportunity to to have some pretty big companies in in a few different spaces and work in a few different spaces, and yeah, it turns out I really like the dog people instead of the <laughs> uh, the beauty people. And uh, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, but you know, they're just, 
you know, your audience can be, can really make or break a company and your happiness, like working in that company. So I think it's important to, to kind of figure out your passion, but also kind of mix in your purpose and, you know, you know, try to sell something that you can use and you can have fun with, but I mean, it doesn't have to be the case all the time, but it's definitely going to help as far as keeping your energy high and, um, you know, keeping that persistence when things aren't going very well, you know? And then along with that, I, I really like, like if I'm looking at a different competitor, like looking to get into something, I want to know like how involved their customers are with that brand. And I think there's, um, there's a really, like, there's a lot of free information out there if you're looking for it, as far as like, how much money these people are, are, are willing to spend, you know, are they taking pictures with it? Like how, how stoked are they with that company's product? And I think that's also kind of what gets me excited as well. And um, I think like, even with Glow Coco, our store right now, like that's a really fun audience, you know, like these people like to have fun. They're, they're out there. They like kind of being different. So that leaves us a lot of creative room to try things out and to sell them maybe things that we couldn't sell to anybody else, but them, you know, and, and those are the types of things you start figuring out once you yeah. really kind of well, know. One thing audience. I used to always say is, it's not so much what you sell, but it's who you sell to. And, and I, and I realized that with Maxi stuff, it was really understanding who your audience is. If you know who they are, you can always find a product that they would, that they'll like, and you don't have to so much focus on the product and, and trying to sell it, but just find an audience and then find a product for that specific audience. And it works out really well on e-commerce. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that's how a lot of brands get started too. They see like an awesome audience or select group of, group of people, and then they figure out what, you know, what they can offer them. And it's, it's not a bad way to go about, you know, what kind of company or product yeah. you can sell, you know? So, all right, guys. Well, those were some really good talking points. Um, you know, we hope you found some value in that. The next episode will be kind of your initial store setup things, you know, a little bit more in detail in, in things you absolutely need to get started from our perspective. So we're going to kind of go over the list of those next time. But uh, any final words from you guys? Um, no, just keep learning and keep going. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to the 101 Stores podcast, and we will catch you next time.